1: There's a place here at the table, your coats go by
2: the door. You can kick your shoes off in that pile on the floor. I hope you wore elastic. Cause your waistband's gonna get tight. Take time's done with now
1: Hi guys, it's Ari. And I'm Sophie. And you're listening to Having a Night the podcast dedicated
0: to reviving the lost art of the dinner party. Oh, man. Ari and I are together this week, which is big. You may have seen us last week together on Chip Hour, where we had our tarot cards read. How fun was that? It was really fun, and it's
1: been on my mind ever since. It really affects your life it's not like you just walk away from that and go about your day you're like oh my god every move I make has
0: been cast already by the fates totally I'm like wow I'm part of yeah I'm part of this cosmic world baby yeah Yeah, it's wild no free will (laughs) so fun do go back and watch it on our Instagram if you are curious. It's on our IGTV tab. I don't really understand Instagram, but that's where you can find it.
1: Yes, with this the fabulous Angie Banneke.
0: Um, oh, my God. It was so fun. She's she's really wonderful. Anyway, okay. What did you eat this week?
1: I have one word for you, and that is... Polenta. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was like, no, what could the one no, word be? No, Carrots. No. <laughs> no. Okay. Great guess. Thank you.
1: Um, The word is...
0: Einhorn, truly you could have given me probably 150 guests and i would not have gone to i that. know also the word Einhorn really reminds me of finkel is einhorn einhorn is finkel remember ace ventura oh my god She's yes like, yes totally transphobic but the word einkorn yes just brings that up for me do you know what it is it's an ancient grain right there you go Tell me all about
1: it. Did you cook it? I did. And I had never made it before. And it's almost like a cross between a wheat berry and farro. Yeah. I'm kind of obsessed. It really pops in your mouth. They're like little, little balls. They have great texture. And so I made a salad with some einkorn. It was truly just the only grain that we had left in the pantry at that point. And I wouldn't eat like a whole bowl of it. But we roasted. I like to roast some vegetables. We did some sweet potato and... Onions and peppers and then um, some fresh herbs and some feta. And I think there was some, um, maybe like a currant. I also chopped up some pepadoos. I wanted like something kind of pickly and sweet in there. And then the einkorn just kind of like gets
0: into all the nooks and crannies of all the veggies. Totally. Really delicious fall salad. When I think about a grain salad, that's the kind that I want. I don't want a huge mound of grain. You know, like, God, remember when bowls were a big deal? Of course you do. It was like nine months ago. But... It's like a grain bowl that's three cups of quinoa no. and one carrot and half an avocado. I'm like, that's the total wrong ratios.
1: Exactly. Like, like, I used to hate quinoa, and I think that's just because I would make a huge bowl of quinoa and, like, just try and eat it as a side. exactly right, no, no, three no, no, bites no. later, you're like... Uh-huh. It needs... No more kuma. Exactly. It just should be like a small portion of an otherwise vegetable
0: heavy salad. Yeah. My opinion. I actually, I made a fonio salad the other day. If mm. you guys have not heard our episode with Chef Pierre Tiam, highly recommend it. Very cool grain called fonio. So good. And that is like so small. Yeah. It's, it's like, like a mini couscous. Yeah, exactly. Like teeny tiny couscous. Love it. Well, this past Saturday was my birthday. Yay! So I want to talk about my cake because... We all know a fancy cake can be great, but I got Funfetti cake and Love Funfetti it. icing, and Harry decorated it, and it was so good. People, pe- the people, me, the pe- my parents, Harry, huge crowd. our five friends who came who have all been in the neighborhood. Everybody was like, this is the best cake. How did you make it? I was like, how did I make it? I put in three eggs and some oil and some water, and it's, then I mixed it. It's I the mean,
1: best. What mix did you use? What's, like, the standard Betty, Betty Crocker. So
0: Harry did a little bit of market research, not market research. He looked on the internet, mm-hmm. and they only had Duncan Hines and Betty Crocker. He went for the Duncan Hines, which I was like, that's very off piece of you. It was delicious. Mm. And then classic Pillsbury Funfetti icing. So I think Pillsbury has the trademark on Funfetti. Uh huh. So if you want to go classic, you're probably going to go Pillsbury. But I found the Duncan Hines cake mix and the Pillsbury icing to be a bellissima combination
1: oh that sounds so good right now and it's also so light even though I'm sure it's it's worse for you than making a homemade cake
0: you can it's it's kind of like an angel food cake totally four pieces later I'm like bring it on yeah so (laughs) good delish I actually feel like funfetti is sort of like the spirit of the guests that we have this week Oh, that's so right on. It could be his spirit cake. Right? <laughs> wow. Dan, we hope you're not offended that we think Funfetti is your spirit cake. How could you be offended? I I, I want it to be my spirit cake.
1: Me too. It's like kind of the highest form. Yeah, it's sort
0: of like being fake. like the unicorn is your spirit animal. Yeah. Like lucky you. So this week we have on the fantastic Dan Pelosi, a.k.a. Grossy Pelosi, who honestly, you any of our listeners probably already follow him on Instagram, but if you don't, go check it out. He's incredible. He By day, he's a creative
1: director. And he went to RISD with our friend um, Kate Knoll, who was on season one in our Taste Part One episode. So just highly aesthetically minded and just has a great sense of design, but is also from an Italian-American family and is an incredible home cook. And so he started this online persona where he just cooks these extravagant Italian-American meals. I'm talking about meatballs, lasagna, eggplant parm, chicken parm, just like all the classics, comfy classics that we all are craving right now. But with this goofy, loud, amazing, grossy Pelosi style, that's kind of, um, I don't know, it cannot be imitated. It's just so authentic.
0: Authentic. We love that buzzword. Very authentic. And I also love that he's doing the heavy hitters Mm -hmm. you know he's not trying to be like here's a penne alla vodka sauce updated with rose water you know it's like he's not trying to go crazy he's just trying to help you cook the most delicious version of a meal that you already love we had so much fun talking to him i mean it's you'll see but it's he's so easy to talk to so open so garrulous obsessed with just wonderful so thank you so much dan and enjoy this episode everybody
1: Hi, Dan.
0: Hi, ladies. <laughs> We're so excited
1: you're here. I want to start actually with knowing about your job as a creative director. And, like, how are you a creative director and this incredible food chef personality? How do you manage both of those
2: things? You're touching on something that has really been like climaxing for me in the past couple months, couple weeks. Maybe today I had a little belt on about it. You know, I'm so, so lucky to have a full-time job that I love and that um, I, you know, I make money at. And it's such a blessing right now to have that. And I've had this job for seven years and I love the people that I work with. It's been, you know, I work for retail brands. So it's been a really, really tough time. I was started working from home and then I was furloughed for a couple months in early Mm -hmm. summer, late spring. And that's where like, this started in a way or at least was platformed because working from home meant I was cooking seven days a week and that meant I was doing what I would normally do on Saturday and Sunday every single day of the week, which is cooking mm-hmm. and talking about it and documenting it. So for those two months of April and May when I was had nothing to do but do this, I was created sort of like a standard of what grocery looked like to the world and people couldn't imagine that I had another job because I didn't, but then I actually do. And so when that started again, (laughs) working from home allows me to do what I do, but, um, the attention has been more and more, which I'm super lucky about. And so now I'm like literally working harder than I've ever worked and I'm almost 40 and it's like exhausting. (laughs) And so, um, but I've never been more creatively fulfilled or happy about anything. So, You know, it's like I'm managing both. Um, It's exhausting and I love it. And I'm trying to focus on self-care and saying no, but like, I still answer every DM. I still feel like I need to be putting out a new recipe. I went from like three times a day to maybe like five times a week now. So I've cut that down, but I did a lot of work in the beginning and I think that's how I gained so many followers so quickly because people were like, wow, this guy like doesn't stop. And I think people still get that, but I've had to stop a little bit and it's not figured out. I don't know how I do it. I just do it. And I do have a lot of internal conflict and debate about it. It's not, not easy, but I love it. So I'm following that, you know, and maybe we can flip the house and maybe I can do this for a full-time job someday. We'll see. Did you start Grossi Pelosi like in March then? I made a decision at the end of last year. I had a death in the family. I lost my dream home upstate. I like had all these like moments where I was like, oh my God, this is the worst year ever. What can I do? So I decided that 2020, I was going to like do something free, which was focus my Instagram on a specific creative interest, which was food. My Instagram had a lot of other stuff going on. And I was like, let's focus on food. I have so many friends in the food world. I had so much encouragement for people throughout the years. And I was like, let's just do this and see what happens. Crazy that I made that decision. But by the time March 13th came around, my Instagram had like mostly food and it had a lot of like recipes in the highlights. So people were able to like come to my page day one of work from home and see me as this like person who's truly a home cook. And Mm -hmm. so I had set up without even knowing it, this like foundation. And then like I launched my website on June 18th. I launched my product line on like April 13th. So like (laughs) I, this is all very, very new. (laughs) The crazy thing is people are like you've been doing this for years, and I'm like, "No, I just probably thought I deserved this <laughs> for years <laughs> I never did right. it like, I like probably was like, like, like I've been holding
1: I'm, it inside, like, and I just ripped well, you know, off like mask. I should be
2: famous, obviously, and I'm certainly not famous now, but you know what I mean? like I have the gumption to like pull this off. Everything <gasps> came together, and it's a little awkward that during a pandemic I've sort of found my <laughs> my purpose, but I think my purpose has been partially to be a presence, but also the majority of the feedback I get is that I'm actually helping people get through this situation, this sort of unique situation, which has been really, really nice. So um, I've been able to try and focus that attention people are putting on me towards others and do good.
1: Yeah. yeah. I love that. It's such a yeah. great time also to just be busy and and be busy with something that feels personal yes. and like a gift to everyone, but but also is a lot of work.
2: It's It's a lot of work, but... I'm learning so much and everyone is so lovely. Like people are just so, so lovely. It's really amazing. So let's talk a little bit about
0: hosting in the home, which I'm sure is something that like we are all missing so much. Just today I was like, my circle of people that I see has gotten so small. Like it's very depressing. I just want to set the scene
1: for all of our listeners before uh, we get into this because you can go see – Dan Pelosi's apartment on Domino and Curved, and it is so happy and gorgeous, and there's so much color. I mean, I just need to put that out there because I'm imagining going to a dinner party at your house and being surrounded by you have so many great gallery walls filled with such great fun art, just like the dinner party of my dreams. So,
2: thank you. That's so sweet. And you know, my apartment is just my favorite place. I've always created spaces and spaces with the focus of entertaining. And New York has been such a place where I've been here for like almost seven years. And it's been a place that's really made me super happy. And I think my apartment and my home is a reflection of that. And I think, you know, I moved into this apartment because I knew that I could build a 10-foot dining table and host 14 people. (laughs) So that was like the dream. And now you're right. Like, it's so hard to not be able to have those parties and those events I would always you know known for my dinner parties and people it's funny because um, I have like almost 35,000 followers right now and in March I had like 7k so all of these people have only seen my life through the lens of COVID and it's like you know, when I start to do these little things that are p- poking outside of the world, like when I have a dinner party, like people are going to be like, oh my God, is this your first, a lot of people are like, is this your first dinner party? And I'm like, oh my God, I've been doing this for like my whole life, you know? So it's really interesting. And I I so hope that we can get to a place where we can do that. I have been able to, throughout the summer and the spring, I have a great front yard with like a picnic table. And I love, and I hope that people think of me when they think of creating these dinner parties and this hosting. And I've learned so many beautiful ways to pull that off from different people in my life whether it's my family or there's a a friend of mine when I lived in San Francisco in my 20s who was a drag queen named Juanita Moore and she hosted like the most beautiful parties at our house and it was always Mm. a mix of different people at the table and she would print out the menu and the food was incredible and she would always give people little tasks so they felt involved. I just picked up like so many gorgeous notes from her that I think have like allowed me to create these beautiful experiences in my apartment that I really love and you know they're not perfect, but they're just like what I like to do and what i'm what I'm doing a hundred percent I mean, yeah. we gotta just we have to go deep
0: on this, right? So like <laughs> first of all, I want to of course, know all of the tips from Juanita Moore. is that her name Yeah do you generally do seated? Do you do buffet? Do you do family style? Like, do you always have an aperitivo hour? What's the run of show? You know? <laughs>
2: so, so I have some ground rules, which may or may not make me sound like a monster, but it just helps me feel really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but typically I like to like provide the food. Like I like to sort of be like, I don't want people to worry about bringing food. I usually say bring weed or wine. Like that's all you need to bring to my house. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't drink, so I don't know how to buy a bottle of wine. It's not in my in the cards for me. Oh. So I'm like, bring drinks, bring wine, whatever you want, or just like, please bring me some weed so I can be chill while we're eating and while I'm cooking. <laughs> yeah. um, so the two W's is sort of what I ask people to bring. I typically say, like, I got the food covered because it's really nice for me to think about the full experience of... The meal and I love I will spend Saturday and Sunday in the kitchen and then Sunday people come over for dinner like I love to do all that work so that's sort of a ground rule I think also like music I always like to invite someone who is good at music because it's not, not another strength of mine so I love to be like here's the you know put the playlist on figure that out um, if we're doing a larger party with my roommates my roommates are amazing they're good cooks themselves but they always do like a cocktail or like for our cookie party we have to talk about the cookie party for the cookie party my roommates do the a special like holiday cocktail for it and we so we sort of divide things up that way as far as like I like to have a meal where everyone's sitting and the food is on the table Mm -hmm. buffets can happen but it has to be like the boys are coming over to watch a movie and the food's on the counter and like it's very casual Mm -hmm. and everyone's like sitting on the couch or they're everyone's bopping around like sort of like I guess the equivalent of like straight people who watch like football games or whatever (laughs) and have like you know like nachos on like the table in a crock pot which I love as well but like typically if it's like a dinner party it's like food's out we're sitting my uncle Tony who's who's passed away a long time ago, but he was hysterical at dinner because he was kind of an alcoholic and he's super Italian. And <laughs> I was a little kid and I would always be so antsy at the table and he would always yell, fa vecchio su tavola, which means no one gets old at the table. So it's this sense, like, when you're eating, specifically, like, in Italian families, that, like, time stops when you're sitting at the table and eating and chatting. So you shouldn't be anxious. You shouldn't be trying to move on to the next thing. You shouldn't be, you know, you should just be, like, embracing the moment. It's, like, this beautiful thing, right? My friends will probably laugh when they hear this because I do do get a little anxious when I'm hosting. I want to make sure that everyone's having a good time and I'm always, like, trying to manage things. It's not a perfect experience, but that's also kind of the fun of it because then they're laughing at me or... I'm not going to sit around and pretend like it's uh, the easiest thing in the world to host. And people always ask me like, what do you make for a dinner party? And I'm like, well, you make a lasagna, you make a thing of meatballs. Like you make the thing that can sit in the oven, it's ready to go. And then Mm -hmm. when people arrive, you're not trying to like, you know, make all these last minute food situations. So so,
0: you're not searing off your steak all a minute for like, yeah. You want it medium or medium rare? No,
2: totally, totally. The nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent.
1: How are you with when people, when guests ask if if you need
2: help? I typically know who to say yes and who to say no to. Ooh, um, very good. Very yeah. good. I have that sort of down. <laughs> this is so funny. Oh my god! I, my some of my closest friends are like, you're an absolute like monster in the kitchen. Um, but you know, like if it's new people, I, I it's you know, I see what see what they can bring, and and mm. I. Uh, why not? Like, I don't like, um, I think the the idea for actually in my head is maybe a little bit more intense than how I execute. Like I actually try and have fun and be pretty chill when I'm hosting. So what's the
0: story with Bimpy? So Bimpy is your grandfather and it sounds like he really like looms large in your culinary
2: education. He, oh my God, he sure does. And you know, it's funny because I think like Bimpy is 98 and he just is like, so cute and he knows the best way to cook everything and so does my dad and so does my mom and so do all the other people in my family but it always kind of boils up to bimpy because like he, we don't have that much time with them left so i want to be able to share him and my dad is my dad's so funny because he's like well i have a really good recipe and i'm like i know like we we like <laughs> we love you too like we know you you're you're the next second coming of bimpy like totally but like we just gotta talk about bimpy for a minute so right. you're like, like when you're 98 i'll find yeah. you your yeah.
0: recipe. you're not I'll you're mind. not a legend Bye. you're not a legend yet
2: yeah, There can only be one. That is quite legendary. There are some dad's recipes, and there will be more for Thanksgiving um, coming up, but um, yeah, Bimpy's just, like, he just is the best. Everyone who knows him, everyone who doesn't know him thinks that he's, like, a national treasure, and they're totally right, so you know, and I think, like, that's what, that's what I'm here for, is, like, these old recipes, these old family stories, and I just love, like, old people and what they mm-hmm. do and what they've done, and, and we're losing them and we need to keep them alive. So um, hopefully at least through my recipes and my stories, we're able to do that, whether or not they're here.
0: Well, it also, I think it brings so much richness to a recipe because then it's not just about, hey, make this, it'll taste good. You'll forget about it the next day. It's like, it really does come from somewhere and it comes from a place of love and care. And what's more beautiful than that?
2: A lot of times I like develop the recipe influenced by the many people in my life who've made a lasagna over the years or who have made meatballs so then it becomes kind of my take on it but sometimes it's like okay like that's bimpy's pasta pizzelle like he that's how he makes it because we're not fucking with that recipe like pasta pizzelle is like so brilliant it's so simple and like we got to give him credit for it and then sometimes like my mom's recipe so i feel like It's not just me developing the recipes. It's me like taking recipes, telling the story of the recipe. And whether it's my recipe or someone else's recipe, it's really like really been nice to like expand the cast of characters beyond me and what I'm making. I have plenty of recipes that are my own, but a lot of so many of them are inspired by a history of people making it. And Mm -hmm. I always talk about the Carolines and the Marylands, which are like my mom's best friend, Carolyn, and my dad's cousin, Marilyn, and they make the same Easter rice pie but how do they do it different and like I mean there's these old books that I'm obsessed with that are like the fundraiser the church fundraiser or the high school fundraiser or the mother's Mm -hmm. club and it's like 14 Marias submit their lasagna recipe (laughs) and they're off by one ingredient but like there's 14 lasagna recipes in that book because you're not telling any of them that their recipe didn't make it into the book so it's like that kind of energy (laughs) that I'm like very democratic like I'm but I'm also just like obsessed with it because it's like so good. Like, everyone has their own way of doing it, and yeah, all of them are valid, and all of them are amazing, and a lot of my recipes are, like, my take on all the history of those women and those men doing their version of something, which I love. Did they write any recipes down, or did you have to do it? I have some. Others, I, like, call my mom and ask her how she does it, and that's where, like, I feel like I'm doing the work, because I'm taking... The different written things and the different verbal things, trying them and then coming up with the way that I think is best to do it, which yeah. is not the best way to do it, but it's the way I think it's the best way to do it. And that's the work. So, so it's all over the place. My meatball recipe, I never even wrote it down. Like I've been making my meatballs for like 20 years and I never had anything written down. So I had to spend the back half of the summer testing my meatballs so I could even get my own recipe down because I don't like who measures anything not me like I don't do it unless I'm baking. you know
0: yeah so that's
2: been really interesting too because I never wrote I never shared my recipes like I just was like people would come over and they need my food and then I was like oh people might want them so I started sharing them in January a lot of my recipes I write as like a guide too You know, like, there's only so much handling to do. It's like, this could be an inspiration. It could be a guide. It could be, you know, like, some things. It's like eggplant parmesan. Like, I can't give you quantities for eggplant parmesan. Like, I don't know how big of eggplant parmesan you want to make. Like, you know, so it's like, it's like, here's the elements. Make a pot of marinara. You might have some extra. You might need Mm -hmm. more. Like, that's just how we, how we cook.
1: I also just think it's so lovely and even though it is self selecting the way you're writing recipes but it's you're teach if the people who do hang on and get, go through it you're teaching them not only the recipe but like to kind of let go a little yes, bit and you're teaching 100%. them to be you're teaching them to fish and not just yeah. Giving 100%. them a, fit, you know,
2: and that's, like, oh, like, I don't
1: need to know how precisely how much salt. It's just like, however much exactly. salt
2: feels like yeah. it needs. And it's like, make it once and then adjust from there. And I think I've been writing the recipes, I started writing the recipes like conversationally because, like, that's how I learned how to cook, right? Like, I just hung out in the kitchen, and that's how it sounds like that's how you learned how to cook. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, I'm I'm trying to write it like I'm standing next to you. Like I'm like, grab a bowl or like, this is it right. looks great. Like look at her, she's gorgeous. Like oh, and, you know, so you're you're doing an amazing job. Or like this should be hard. Like you're gonna, this is not a perfect process. Like right, chicken cutlets. Like who's breading and then frying a chicken cutlet and I, it's perfect. Like it should oh look God. fucked up. It should be messy. The kitchen yeah. should look like an explosion. There should be Love grease that. everywhere. That's like, that's the experience. I'm okay with being a mess or being told that this (laughs) doesn't work, you know?
0: This, so when, when we were looking at, you know, your domino and your curbs and everything, <laughs> you were saying that you think more is more when it comes to color, which yes. I think Ari and I both agree with. But yeah. do you feel like you subscribe to the same philosophy with your cooking? Like you're just saying, like, do a cup, but like, why not do more? Do you feel like yeah. you're like, the most flavor you can have, the most, like mm-hmm. olive oil, butter, like let's do everything.
2: I think for me, it's not like more is more. It's like uh, one, something that amazes me And maybe this answers your question, but like people are always like, what's your, what mayonnaise do you use? What olive oil do you use? Do you do butter or oil or do you do Mm -hmm. like on your pasta, do you do parm or pecorino? And I'm like, I don't, is it Tuesday or Wednesday? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't have a mayonnaise I use. Like I use mayonnaise. Some of them I probably wouldn't use because I'm like, that's not great. And then you learn, but like, like, I think for me, it's like not more is more. It's just like. I'm open to using all things. I'm not like a throw everything in because we have it kind of person, if that's what you mean. I think it's like, I might like make pasta with butter and salt and pepper one day, and then the next day I might do olive oil and garlic and parm and like neither one is the way I do it. I do them both. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think I like options, um, but I don't think I'm, I think I'm a little bit more on the minimal side in terms of cooking. Because a lot of the recipes are quite simple, I think. Like, Bimpy's pasta, Pazelle. It's like, I don't even, like, I'm like, don't put salt and pepper in it. Like, it doesn't need it. You know, like, that's not the vibe of this recipe. And and I'm so happy people can do whatever they want. Like, I'm so, so happy. But, like, the vodka sauce or the tomato butter sauce, those two sauces to me are, like, so pure in the way that they exist via the recipe that, like, I refuse to put fresh herbs in either of them. Mm -hmm. Like, there's this desire to chop up basil and put it on top of any pasta in the whole world. And for me, it's like, absolutely not. Like I just to make, to make the basil sauce or to make Marcella or to make, sorry, the vodka sauce or Marcella Hazan's tomato sauce and add chopped basil on top. It just makes it a, like, it shifts the recipe so much for me. Yeah. Um, And I am so glad that other people do it. That's totally fine. My hope is that they eat it one time without the fresh herb and they don't think that the fresh herb is like a given
0: on top of any
2: pasta sauce because they're actually, I think our pasta sauce is, sauces in general that don't need chopped basil on
0: top. Well, also, basil is that a makes, very, very strong
2: flavor. It's so yeah, strong. It's, and it's like, delicious, it's beautiful, but yeah. it's not made for everything all the time, yeah. Totally, and so there's things like that where I'm actually like, I don't think that's how I would do it, and I enter that, I put it in there, and I get a million photos of people who make the vodka sauce, and they put basil on top, and I'm like, lo- like so, couldn't be happier, like, great, 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 but for me, it's like, I do have some limits to those things, but I try not to have rules, you know? Mm-hmm. So hopefully people don't hear this and think that I have like, that's a rule. It's not a rule. It's just for me, it's like how it makes sense in my head. You right. Know?
0: Well, I think you're just being like, maybe just try it once the way it's written because what if you actually really love it? Yeah, I mean, you know? <laughs>
2: that's the hope, but it's only with certain things, you know? Like other things I'm like, like I launched this fall salad a couple weeks ago, which is like my favorite fall salad. And it's got like, butternut squash and kale and pepitas in it and like everyone's making it and putting craisins in it and I'm like (laughs) like that makes like I get it like you've seen we've we've seen that salad on a menu at a restaurant a million times and they're like people's instinct is like you have to put craisins in it and I just like (laughs) (laughs) I'm like no like that's not how I do it but like that's great like put put the like Put a crazen in it. Like fine. That makes <laughs> Yeah, if that's
1: crazy. gonna make you eat squash and
2: kale.
0: Then yeah, like, go for
2: it. Like it's great and I love it. And it's like, you know, cool. Yeah. Cool with me.
0: Oh, okay, God. wait. Just to bring it back to hosting quickly. Yes. Because you are a creative director, obviously aesthetics is like such a big part of your life. When you host, is aesthetics also a big part of oh, yeah. your meal? Okay. Hit us with uh,
2: it. So okay. like I have napkins. I just have been like really piling up on the napkins. One of my really good friends, Caroline Hurley, is a textile designer. So I've had a bunch of her napkins. One of of my really good friends um, who actually works for me, her mom lives in like North Dakota. And she made some napkins for a fundraiser that we did at work. And I like bought all of them because they were brilliant. She like went to Joanne Fabrics and sewed squares with like neon like threads and I was like okay and then now I call her and I'm like when can you go to Joanne's we like FaceTime at Joanne Fabrics and I have all these like gorgeous napkins and then I've I've told this story a bunch I auctioned some off because people are always like where do you buy your napkins and I'm like I make them like a mom who has a sewing machine and can sew a square can make a napkin like it's so easy so it's like napkins like you said my apartment doesn't really require much extra decoration um so I do like, I'm sort of no, I I call myself like a gay Pinterest mom because I'm like really obsessed with Pinterest moms and like Pinterest as a thing. And I do sort of like minimal, but like we do have like, I put up a Christmas tree and I have like cookie party, which is like very much a holiday event. But I don't do like decorations as much. I think that like through the food and shifting a couple things, if you have sort of like a a apartment that's full of a personality, I think you can kind of pull it off. Um, but really, it's yeah. like the tables. I have a whole shelf that's now overflowing of like I call it my prop library, for, and I've been calling it that, that for like a hundred years. <laughs> but you know, when I when I cook something, I'm thinking about the vessel it's going to be in. I'm thinking right. about the textile to be laid on. I'm thinking about the spoon. So it's like a full, it's like fully art directed, and I and that's just that is not a choice. It's just the way that I am. It's not like calculated or strategic. It's just like I don't know how to do it another way. So it's really fun for me, and it becomes like creative problem solving. And I'm like upset. Obs- I'm obsessed with it, and I love it. And I, it's amazing how many people notice that and ask questions. Everyone's like, "Where's that?" Like I made pancakes the other day and most of the comments were like okay cool pancakes but like where's that plate from right you know and then of course i'm like oh it's vintage i got it upstate at a yard sale and they're like well fuck you like how do i buy it and i'm like so much of my stuff is not you can't go buy it at the store like i'm sorry i've been i've been i'm almost 40 i've been going to yard sales and vintage shops and buying shit for 20 years like I, right. I can't source that for you I don't know I feel yeah. so bad I'm like someday no, I'll do no. my like knockoff target line I guess I but know. I also no. think
0: that's the whole <laughs> point right is like you're you and hopefully actually in being like it's from a yard sale or it's people from a will, market or whatever right. more
2: people will go to
0: yard yes, sales because but why
2: are you not no. going to y- like I've I I've been I've been doing little local jaunts over the summer very, like, sort of safely. And, you know, I went to P-Town and I went to a couple of antique shops and then I went upstate a couple of weeks ago and I went antiquing, which antiquing for me is, like, things that are, like, $10 and under. Like, I'm mm-hmm. not going to, like, you know, stuff of these. Right. But people were like, oh, my God, what is this? Where are you? And I'm like, okay, like, this is a teachable moment. It's amazing because, like, so many cool things are secondhand. And Yeah now people are asking me and for travel guides. And I'm like, oh my God, like, I can't. <laughs> like everyone's like, what's the link to the Airbnb you stayed in in P-Town? Oh God. And I'm like, I want to give that to you so badly, but this is a moment where I have to say no. Like I can't yeah. find my house on Airbnb again. And like, you know what I mean? Like, yes. so, but it's, it is an opportunity and it's so fascinating to me that people want to know that about my life and they want to know the paint color spec of my bathroom and they want to know, so many cool things. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to save that for like the future when I have the bandwidth to like become, you know, goop. Goop. Totally. I mean, listen,
0: this is what happens when you become an influencer. What'd you expect?
2: <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't expect to become an influencer. <laughs> no, I know, I'm not. Just... Uh, actually, like that's not true. I sort of thought I should be an influencer, and I wasn't. And now that I am, I'm like, oh my god, this is so out of the blue. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was actually operating more successfully as an influencer when I had, like, no followers than I right. am now when I have followers. You i like, I'm used like, to
1: that lifestyle.
2: Yeah. I'm right. Like, oh, it's so breezy. And now I'm, like,
1: ah! Yeah. <laughs> but
2: it's all, like, so fun and ridiculous. And, and I was telling my family, because, you know, my aunts and uncles and my dad, like, it's hard for them to really quantify what I'm doing. Um, So I was kind of walking him through it and they were like, this just makes sense. Like, this is how you've always been. Like, I've always just been like chatty and telling a story and I've always been like a thing. I've always been like extra, I guess. So now it's like my audience is just bigger and they seem to like it. So that makes me really happy.
0: I want to make sure that you can get to your dinner on time. So Archie, segue into
2: fall pastas oh my god I love okay yeah we have to sure Um, thing (laughs) we should talk about fall pastas so pasta's like obviously my focus like I'm obsessed with it but you guys were like let's talk about fall pastas and I just like laughed a little because I'm like I don't really understand what a fall pasta is right like because then you're like is it pumpkin I have very specific ideas of what I
0: was thinking about so I can explain to you so in my head when I start thinking about fall I start yeah. thinking about some sage I start thinking mm-hmm. about some uh, nutmeg of course uh, we're all thinking about squash and maybe I'm yeah. thinking about like a duck ragu. Oh. Like I think mm. to me it's like once we start segueing into fall we're getting out of those light pastas of uh-huh. like maybe a fresh tomato, a fresh yeah. tomato with some fresh basil yeah. and some raw garlic and yeah. maybe we're getting into that butternut squash ravioli. Yeah. It's all yeah, about
1: squash I think. I think. Pumpkin yeah. and squash. Yeah. I think actually that's that is one of <laughs> and sage yeah. and for and like, sage. is is broccoli a particularly fall thing? Like I'm also I think of like like some kind of like broccoli, rob sage, like crumbled yeah. sausage, situa- or orciate yeah. or something. Ooh, but like yeah. I think that's also that's I mean, I make the only thing about round. that is sage. Exactly. I have
2: that, yeah, and I don't put sage, but you could put sage. I, being a Pinterest mom, think about the one million like pumpkin, pasta recipes or like like it's just like you pumpkin becomes like the word in front of anything it's like pumpkin pumpkin Nobody like supposed to be mixing
0: coffee yeah. with pumpkin
2: it's disgusting. yeah yeah so I for years I'm in charge of Thanksgiving in my family so I do the whole meal mm-hmm. um so stay tuned for that but for years I would make this I think I don't even know like I sort of adapted the recipe eventually but you know when I was like Nineteen I was like on food network or whatever dot com oh I found this recipe that was um it was like a spinach pasta dough, and then it was like the filling was like butternut squash and regat and like lemon zest and I think mint or basil and we I would make these sort of like very organic ravioli and then I would boil them so they were like spinach and butternut squash ravioli and then i would boil them and then I would cook, I would finish them in like a brown butter and sage, like sauce, Deep right? Brown Which butter,
0: is, like this is what I'm doing. Brown, I was yeah, gonna say that, mm-hmm. A ricotta chunky.
2: like it feels yeah.
0: much more filling. Well, in a I hallway. just like,
2: I saved my, from like a strategy standpoint, I saved my marinara, my lasagna, my meatballs and my eggplant Parmesan for September because I was like, this is fall pasta. Right. This is fall cooking. We don't need a marinara and a meatball and lasagna recipe in june and july Mm right so and then i did a late summer bolognese which could easily be a early fall bolognese or a fall bolognese which is like fresh cherry tomatoes or grape tomatoes that are sort of barely just bursting with like meat and then nutmeg and cinnamon Mm -hmm. um and bay leaf in it um with i think basil and that was sort of like a quick bowl not like the four hour bolognese it was like a quick easy like you know it's late summer we want to like embrace the tomato thing that feels like fall to me but then everything else it's like if it's fall it's like i'm making the italian classics i'm not really doing i am though i'm working on my mac and cheese and that's like fall to me mac and cheese is like fall pasta it's Mm. like football season which i don't participate in but i fetishize and like all of these (laughs) you know what i mean like all of that like Mm-hmm. mom food like that is fall pasta to me mm-hmm. I think the idea of like making a a cheesy baked pasta with like squash in it is not the the idea that I have space for right now I think yeah really. <laughs> Does that makes sense totally yeah. but I, I, I have no problem with it I would love like someone please invite me to your house and make that I will probably eat the whole thing you know what I mean right so yeah, I think I'm also like, you know, it'll be a full year of me actually talking about food in March. So it's like, we're just hitting the classics and getting those out. And then maybe, totally. maybe like fall 2021, I'll, I'll bring a pumpkin in or a squash, yeah. you know, it's weird. I'm starting to think about it through this lens of like storytelling, which is really cool. Um, but it does bring up these questions. Like what is fall pasta? which I love. Fall <laughs> pasta to me is just, the pin- it's a Pinterest moment. And, I, and by the way, if anyone's listening like, and has a Pinterest account, I would be so happy if you followed me. Um, I'm newly launched and it just would make me happy because I'm working with them and it's been really, really cool. The fact that Pinterest called me and was like, we want to work with you, I, like name a better day in my life, you know?
0: <laughs> wow. Well, you're a Pinterest mom. I mean, how could the day I'm, get any you're better? Almost I, you're exactly. almost there. You're
2: almost there. Um my Instagram is Grossy Pelosi. My Pinterest is also Grossy Pelosi. My website is dampelosi.com com also redirects, but I'm sort of trying to figure okay. it out. It's like, is it Barefoot Contessa or Ina Garten? I can't tell which one to go with yet. So we'll Where figure out. Huge. Where does one
0: end and the other begin?
2: Yeah. That's a, a great dinner
0: day. dinner party question.
2: Yeah, it's a good dinner. We, think about that. I need answers. I also have a – I feel like your listeners might – I have a second Instagram account called messy Bun 911 That's all about messy buns. Um, <laughs> which I – just would love you to look at, to like it. I also need you to send me pictures because I live with two guys and one has a man bun, but the messy buns in my life are less frequent than when I used to just roam around Starbucks and the city snapping secret photos of messy buns. So I need- Oh my God, we're talking messy bun, like hairdo messy bun. Yeah, hairdos. I mean, like- I think like four or five five years ago, I was on an airplane. Uh, I used to live in, well, I actually was, when I was in San Francisco, I used to live in San Francisco and Portland. I spent my like 20s in in the East Coast and, or the West Coast. And I would do cross country flights a lot. And this girl sat in front of me, like directly in front of me. And she redid her messy bun, like maybe every three minutes. (laughs) And like, I, for six hours was in heaven. Cause I was like, Every time it was like a different thing, and then I could never predict when she was gonna like take it down and redo it. it. Yeah,
1: she was over it. Yeah, I'm worried that it
2: was that I was the one sitting. It was that was was that you? (laughs) Might have been you. But like, there's a story in every bun, and I just, (laughs) I just, I don't know. I'm just obsessed. It's like the same.
0: I will say about the person who was redoing her messy bun is like, as a person who does not have a lot of hair you yeah you don't want to understand how satisfying it is to do and redo
2: (laughs) (laughs) i do think that there's something really beautiful about messy buns. so bimpy texted me my dad or called my dad and said we need to eat polenta today because today is a good day for polenta so i need to go figure out where i can get polenta oh my
1: god what a beautiful sign off also yeah maybe a fall dish
2: Polenta would be good, and I have to say, if you're baking polenta, I'm not interested. But if you're doing a layer of soft polenta under, do you guys remember the Michael Chiarello? Like, probably like not a great, uh, but like the beginning of his cooking show. I think he probably was like me too, but um, yeah. The beginning of his cooking show, he would pour a huge thing of polenta on like a wooden board, mm-hmm. and this like I mean that pour I need to find the YouTube. It was so beautiful. I think I like, can
1: picture it.
2: Yeah, and, and and you know it's like those those Italian like those Tuscan where they just put a giant thing of polenta and they just put like meat and everything's just right. on top of this thing and then you just scoop it up. They actually wow. do that at um I think they do it at El Bucó Alimentari I think. Mm. Bimpy was like, I put it on my Instagram. I'm like, guys, Bimpy said you gotta eat polenta today.
1: I think I'm gonna make polenta tonight actually and tag you because feels, that's...
2: Feels really right. Bim-
1: I wanna do what Bimpy <clears throat> says.
2: I, you have to. There is no choice.
1: <laughs> what a hoot. I just wanna hang out with him all the time. Me too. I do. And I want to get some of those napkins. Oh my God. His merch is incredible. Oh, the merch. The merch, everybody, the merch. It really pays to be a creative director by
0: day. I wish we had gone to RISD. I was about to be like, speaking of merch, have yeah. you seen our merch? It's pretty good, too. It's very good. Go to I love a hat exchange. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening. Once again, thank you to Kate Knoll for introing us to him because obviously this wouldn't have happened without you. Thank you for coming on and spending some time with us, Dan. Yeah. Thank you, Colin, for making this episode chef's
1: kiss. See, bellissima. And we will see you guys all on Chip Hour, Wednesdays, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and, you know, Thursdays for our episodes. Oh, my God, Sophie, what? Oh, my God. Guys, we're going to see you next Thursday for some Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. I can't believe how fast it has come up on us. In a
0: weird way, I'm like, obviously, this year is so difficult, and I feel like that makes the moment of actually giving thanks so much more important. Okay, I'm like, I'm going to save my emotions for next week.
1: Yeah, yeah, hold on. We've got a week left. You're right. Before we have to embrace the spirit of giving. Let's be selfish until (laughs) then.
0: Okay. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.